This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our text today is the Old Testament lesson just read, Dear Friends in Christ. Do not trust these deceptive words. The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Thus God spoke to his people through the mouth of the weeping prophet Jeremiah. The words were spoken in a rather chaotic time. The people of Jerusalem were able to look around with their eyes and see what was happening. They knew what was going on. They knew of the shoddy political alliances that their kings, the house of David, had made. It was still fresh in their mind, the destruction of the northern kingdom of Israel destroyed by the Assyrians, refugees streaming into the south, trying to escape destruction. They had spoken with the survivors, and they knew that they themselves were stuck in a rather hard place. To the north of Jerusalem, the kingdom of Babylon. To the south, the kingdom of Egypt. And Jerusalem and Judah, a seemingly tiny island stuck in the middle, switching back and forth in their vassalhood, paying three and a half tons of silver each year to try and keep the enemy armies out. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that this was not a good political situation. The kingdom of God's people stood on a precipice on the edge of collapse and danger. But the people of God in Jerusalem found their comfort in the world. They spoke the words that Jeremiah warned against. They said, the temple of God is in our midst. It will all be fine. They believed that God would indefinitely protect their city and keep them safe no matter what because God's temple was within the city walls. They may have had good reason to think that. Just a few decades before, during the reign of King Hezekiah, King Sennacherib and his army had besieged Jerusalem and had all been killed overnight by a plague from the angel of the Lord. God had kept them safe. Was it because the temple building stood in their city? 
Maybe. And maybe it would happen again. After all, the temple building was holy ground. And within the walls of the temple complex, their names were all written down in vast genealogies, a small portion of which you can see in the book of Chronicles. They had the holy building, and their names were recorded in the membership log within. Surely, the temple of the Lord would save them. What would they have to worry about? Do you see what the problem is in their faith? They trust merely in the building of the temple. They trusted merely in having their name written down in the records. The building of the temple itself was just that, a building. And it was an old one at that. Having your name written down in the records might have seemed like a big deal, but it wasn't any more important than having a Sam's Club card if you didn't believe in the guy who lived in the temple, God. Oh, sure. They believed that Moses' God did dwell in the temple, but they weren't exclusive in worshiping him. The people in Jeremiah's day had built false altar after false altar to fake God after fake God. They even had a carved image of Asherah in all her curvy bosomed glory within the temple of the Lord. Baal was worshipped and sacrificed to mere feet from the altar of the one true God. And the book of Kings tells us that at the temple building itself, King Manasseh had burned his own son as an offering to Baal. And that within the walls of the city of Jerusalem, he had used fortune-tellers, mediums, and necromancers to try and distinguish what to do. The people believed the building of the temple would keep them safe, but they didn't care about God. Well, God had had enough of his faithless bride of Judah. He had had enough of their wickedness. Just having the temple building in their midst would not save them if they would not actually believe and worship the one true God who lived there. So Jeremiah warns them that the temple of God was not just some talisman that could automatically keep God's people safe. The temple of God was about something more 
It's about forgiveness of sins. Instead of believing in forgiveness of sins, the people of Judah had made the temple a den of robbers. Words Jeremiah uses that our Lord Jesus quotes in the Gospels. And so God sends Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, the abused prophet, the mistreated prophet, to preach repentance to God's people, even as he told the truth that soon Jerusalem would be leveled, the temple burned down, the treasure carried away, all the glory of the temple of the Lord would be destroyed by the Babylonian army. You see, just having a temple doesn't bring salvation. In the very same way that just having a church building doesn't save you either. We've seen places with beautiful, ornate churches and temples, even to the one true God, destroyed time after time in history. Take, for example, ancient Turkey, which was once the bastion of the Christian faith. We still read letters to the Ephesians and the Galatians, people who lived in Turkey and were Christian. In the book of Acts, they spend a lot of time in the key central city of the church, Antioch, located in Turkey. The Council of Nicaea, have you heard of it? Or the creeds that came out of it took place in Turkey. The largest, most beautiful churches of all of Christendom once were in Turkey, like the Hagia Sophia, full of Christians, until Islam invaded. The Christian faith there was destroyed. Those large, beautiful, extravagant Christian churches now mosques. The existence of the church buildings hadn't stopped the invasion of false religion or the execution of Christians. Saying the church of the Lord, the church of the Lord, the church of the Lord didn't stop the destruction. It didn't stop the suffering. We could go on with other examples, but the reality is, dear Christian, that we need to understand these words of the prophet Jeremiah. We need to look back at history and see the examples of steeples falling down throughout history. 
We need to realize that is a real, true risk because the truth is we too stand on the edge of a precipice, gazing down into collapse. The age of Christianity in the United States seems to be teetering on the brink. The armies of secularism, scientism, and politics threaten to drive out the true Christian faith and replace them with worship of self, theories, and government, respectively. And while this threat deepens, how do we as Christians respond? Well, we have a church now. We had a church in the past. And surely we'll have churches in the future, right? After all, it is the church of the Lord. It'll all be fine. But at the same time, we have no problem driving past the church to take our kids to Wednesday evening soccer practice. We have no problem driving past the church to go and work an extra shift on Sunday morning. We might even say, ah, there it is, my church, the temple of the Lord, and smile as we drive past. It's even more complicated than that, dear Christian. I've been asked to perform Christian rites throughout my ministry for those who never come to church. Requests for weddings, funerals, baptisms, and the like. When people don't really care about God. It's just a social thing. You baptize babies, right? You get married in a church because the backdrop looks really good in your pictures. When I've asked people, why haven't we seen you in church lately? I've been chastised. I was baptized in that church, confirmed in that church, married in that church, and I'll be buried there long after you're gone. Words quoted to me by a person who hadn't been to church in decades. Repent. Repent. Listen to Jeremiah and his warning 
from the Lord. Merely saying the temple of the Lord is here won't save you. Merely saying I belong to a church won't save you. Just having a building is worthless. Church membership, your name written on a computer somewhere, isn't a talisman to help you succeed or that will keep evil away. You won't get more money from your job because your name is on the church membership rolls. You won't avoid cancer or sickness or suffering or COVID or anything else just because you claim the title Christian. The temple of the Lord isn't some trinket that you get a bandy about whenever it benefits you. Church exists for one reason and one reason alone. The reason there's a church here in Lincoln, Nebraska is the same reason there was a temple in Jerusalem in the days of Jeremiah. Because God is real. And God is just. God defines what is holy and what is unholy. God wants you to know that he's real, to listen to what he says, and to trust that he is telling you the truth. So that when he says, you are a sinner, you believe it. When he says, sinners must die, that's what makes you nervous. The Temple of Solomon didn't exist just to lob biological warfare at Sennacherib's army. It wasn't there to ward off political enemies. The Temple of Solomon existed for sacrifices. Blood poured out at the word of a real God so that real sins from real sinners might be forgiven. Real animals sacrificed and burned as an atoning sacrifice for the real guilt of people. The temple of Solomon existed so that God could be present in people's lives to forgive their sins. That's the reason Good Shepherd Lutheran Church exists. Our church isn't here merely to bless your life in some cheap sort of way. Our church isn't here just to look good in the background of your wedding or baptismal pictures. Our church isn't here just as a fancy funeral factory. It's not here to further your business career by looking nice underneath your resume where it says volunteer time. The church isn't here as an organizing group or a way to get politicians elected. 
It's not here for us just to drive by and think, my church is a nice looking place. Why does Good Shepherd Lutheran Church exist? Because God is real and sin is real. And a sacrifice for sin must happen. It has happened. The reason we come here is to apply the forgiveness, the sacrifice for your sin to you. To bring to you here now the bloody, gory, gruesome death of our Lord Jesus Christ. The atoning sacrifice for all sin, from all people, from all places. Church is here because God is real and wants you to hear his word, his word about Jesus. His word that tells you God really truly hates sin and will punish those who love sin and identify themselves using sin. God really desires us to be perfect the way that he created us to be. And when we fail, and we have failed, God sends Jesus to set us free from that sin, to pay what we owe God once for all, to be the all-atoning sacrifice for the guilt of all people, even you. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church exists so that God can pour out the blood of Christ for you, so that you can be sure and certain of what is ahead. Resurrection, peace, comfort, joy, world without end. The church brings that sacrifice of Christ to you, allowing God to be here in your midst through the preaching of his holy word. You hear the voice of God in the word of God. And Christ is truly present here in, with, and under bread and wine for you to eat and drink for the forgiveness of your sins. And Christ is truly present here to wash away your guilt and shame and clothe you with his righteousness in the waters of holy baptism. Christ is truly present here where his word and his gifts are given. So do not trust the deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord. 
the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Instead, trust in Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of God, the Son of God, who died for you. As for the building, it can do what it was built to do, to be the place where we gather to receive Jesus, to be the place where we come together to focus our attention on Jesus, our Lord and Savior, crucified and risen just for us. At the same time, if the building burns down, if Canada invades and destroys the city of Lincoln, our Lord still is with us. Even should the entire world collapse, chaos reign, God's promises are still true for us. Because of the Son of God, Jesus. He sustains and preserves us, and He alone. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.